You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to New York. This is, is the Devil's Devil State, State of Mind podcast, podcast, brought to you brought by to you the Hockey, Hockey Podcast, podcast Network. Network. Now here's now your here's host, host, Neil Villapiano! This team, at times, is just unreal. What is going on, Devils fans? It is, as always, your host, your friend, your confidant, Neil Villapiano. And welcome back to another exciting edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network as well as Sports Wire Radio. The best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. As always, guys. I hope you're having a fantastic day. I know I am. Um, Whenever you're listening to this podcast episode, thank you guys as always for taking time out of your day to check these episodes out. I greatly appreciate it. It means a lot to me. I really appreciate all of your guys' love and support of this podcast. This podcast and everything we do here at the Hockey Podcast Network are sponsored as always by our good friends, over at DraftKings Sportsbook. The World Series is well underway. Games 3, 4, and 5 are now being shifted to the the city of brotherly love. Philadelphia, college football is in the thick of things. NFL season, things are picking up every single week. NBA and as well, the NHL seasons are now fully underway. And with all these sports going on, you always know that DraftKings is giving you guys unbelievable opportunities to get huge cash prizes. So as always, guys, if you want to get in on the action, if you aren't already, here's what you do. You go to DraftKings Sportsbook right now. You sign up. Make sure to use our promo code THPN. And as always, Tell them that your boy, Neil Filipiano, sent you. And as always, a big shout out and thank you to our sponsors at DraftKings Sportsbook for sponsoring the Hockey Podcast Network and the Devil's State of Mind podcast. This was one hell of a weekend, ladies and gentlemen, for the New Jersey Devils because not only did they win these games, they made huge statements 
and had scary dominance, as you can tell by the um, the name of the episode this week. This is our Halloween episode, I guess you could say. So uh, definitely the Devils gave a lot of spook to several teams this past weekend and uh, were haunting them with their offense and with their defense and just tremendous play all around. And we saw two different types of games uh, this past weekend. We saw one where the defense was tremendous and the goaltending was phenomenal. And then the next game, the offense just comes out and has another amazing performance where everything they did just went right. And so we're going to we're going to talk about those games against the Avalanche and the Columbus Blue Jackets, respectively. And then for the first time in a little while, but it is good. Nonetheless, we are going to be giving you guys some updates on the Utica Comets, Adirondack Thunder and the Metropolitan Riveters. We also will be giving you an update to the best of our knowledge of one Andre Palat. And the Devils did make somewhat of a decision on him. And uh, there are, there will be more decisions to be made in the very, very near future. So we will talk about that as well. So, as always, guys, we have a bunch to get to here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So we will kick things off with Friday night's matchup against the defending Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche and we all knew going into this game that this was going to be the biggest game of the devil season so far because this was a really really good measuring stick for the devils to see how far are they really from or how close they might be to being a a playoff contender and can they go up against some of these really great teams and have success and ultimately win. So the Devils were obviously looking for a massive W again to defending champs. The big thing for the Devils that involved the Avalanche going into this game is that uh, um, Valerie Nichushkin, who has had a really, really good start to the year for Colorado and has been a, a main cog in the offensive machine that Colorado has had so far, did not play in this game. So a big loss for Colorado and a big positive, obviously, for uh, for the Devils. You don't want to wish anybody injured, but... You know, obviously, from a competitive advantage and from a competitive standpoint, um, you know, it certainly does benefit the Devils. And I will say this, ladies and gentlemen, this game really, really felt like a playoff game. I mean, it was there were chances by both teams, uh, both teams, goaltenders, Vanacek and Pavel Francouz, respectively, were really, really on their game and made some great saves, particularly Francouz made some really tremendous diving saves to rob the Devils numerous times of getting a goal that would have given them the lead. And it looked like apparently the Devils had taken the lead on a Miles Wood goal, just a nice feed in front from Michael McLeod, but the goal was waved off due to offsides. And I wasn't going to argue it because Miles Wood was definitely offsides. So after that, again, you know, both goaltenders and defenses of each team really, really locked it down. And it was basically getting to the point where you knew the first goal, the first legitimate goal that's going to count of this game might actually end up being the winner of this game. And both teams, special teams as well, were very, very solid, both on just chances on the power play as well as, you know, just killing off these penalties. And we'll talk about the Devils penalty kill uh, more in detail in just a little bit because they are really, really impressing, not just myself, but everybody that is watching this team. 
But again, both special teams very solid. And then we finally get to the third period and a little less than three minutes in with the Devils on the power play, a beautiful, gorgeous, whatever big time word you want to use feed from Jesper Bratt over to Jack Hughes, who did not hesitate. He sniped it through the legs of Pavel Francouz and in and the Devils score on the power play. But most importantly, they grabbed the important one nothing lead. And although, again, the Devils did not score another goal in this game, it didn't feel like the Devils just kind of fell back and were trying to defend a one-goal lead against this Avalanche team. The biggest thing for the Devils in this game going into it was that they wanted to stay out of the penalty box as much as possible. And they unfortunately did not do that as they ended up going to the penalty kill six times, which technically it was five full because the sixth one came with 59 seconds to go in the game. So it didn't actually end up uh, lasting the full two minutes, but still it was 59 seconds of a scramble of a power play for Colorado, desperately trying to get the tying goal to at least force overtime. And there was one play late in that in that third period where Nathan McKinnon is in the slot. He actually has time to shoot it, and he rifles it. He completely misses the net, and that was one of those where nine times out of ten, uh, McKinnon at least gets the puck on net, and more likely than not is going to find a way to bury that because of how great of a player Nathan McKinnon really, really is. Uh, but that time he missed the net, and the abs just – could not get enough shots on goal at the end there to really create opportunities. Devils defense was blocking shots, creating a traffic in front, and the Devils were able to hold on for the massive, and I mean massive, one to nothing shutout win against the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche. I mean, this was an awesome win by this team, a group effort. And there are several things that stand out to me about this game. Number one, this was just the second time in the last 153 games that the Avalanche had been shut out. So think about that. They had not been shut out till the early part of 2021. So, you know, looking at how dominant that offense is and how dominant the Avalanche are as a whole with the likes of Nathan McKinnon, uh, Miko Rantanen, Kale McCarr, Gabriel Landeskog, Valerie Nachushkin, you know, last year definitely with uh, Nazem Kadri, and even the resurgence in a way of Evan Rodriguez, who has done very well so far in Colorado. They have goal scorers aplenty that are going to score every other night. I mean, really just consistently scoring. And for the Devils to stop all 24 shots that Colorado put at them, particularly from Vitek Vanacek, and to get that shutout and to make that type of statement victory is massive, especially at home, especially at home. On a Friday night, you knew this game was going to be tough. You knew the last time the Devils faced a team that at least made the playoffs the year before, which was last Monday against Washington, it didn't go well. So you didn't know what exactly type of Devils team you were going to get in this one. But it was a back and forth, you know, playoff-like atmosphere type game. It was, it was tremendous. So that was the first thing. The second thing? The Devils went a perfect 6-6 six and six on the penalty kill. This is, again, against the Colorado Avalanche with their offensive juggernaut that they have. 6-6 six for six on the penalty kill. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. They were able to kill off every single power play Colorado had. And although Colorado's power play, for the most part this season, has somewhat struggled, recently, especially when you look at the game against the, um, the New York Rangers, they really started to get things going. 
and they were finally getting some goals that they needed, but the Devils were able to lock it down. The Devils now have one of the top three best penalty kills from, from a percentage-wise in the National Hockey League. So hats off to Ryan McGill, who has come over from Vegas now to here in New Jersey as the defensive coach. He's done a really, really bang-up job so far through the first nine games of the season to really help this defense become as good as it is and the penalty kill to be as talent, as elite as it is as well. It's just an absolutely phenomenal job by him and the players and goaltending. And then Vitek Vanacek getting back-to-back wins, the biggest win for him this season, his first shutout of the year. He was the first star of this game, stopping all 24 shots he faced. It was a job well done. And, you know, Jack Hughes, he's been good. But again, he still hasn't completely broken out yet, which is a scary thing for the opposition. That He's not the one that's had to carry the load so far through the first eight, nine games of the season. So if he starts getting rolling at some point, this team just becomes that much more dangerous, especially with guys like Jesper Bratt, not only dominating for this team, but being one of the more dominant players in the NHL in the early goings. But again, by far, this was the biggest win of the season so far. This was the one of the early biggest, toughest matchups of the year, and the Devils were able to pass it with flying colors. Ultimately, you would have liked to have seen them score a couple of more goals. But again, this was a, a really authentic hockey game. You knew it was going to be a tough one, and the Devils were able to come away with the win in regulation as well. And this was only the third time this season, and again, we've only played nine games, in which the Devils had less than 30 shots on goal. They were out actually outshot. Granted, it was by one shot, but still, they were outshot 24 to 23. And Lindy Ruff said after the game he wasn't surprised that the Devils' offense when it came to shots on goal was as low as it was because of how good and talented that Avalanche team is defensively. Um, but again, for them to still have resilience and be able to find a way to get that goal and to get that win is so massive to this team. Absolutely massive. So that makes it now back-to-back wins with the win against Detroit and now obviously this win against the Colorado Avalanche. And it just gives you so much confidence. This team is now starting to find ways to win these games that maybe they're not expected to win. And you're just hoping that they can continue to do that when they go up against not just the lesser competition, but especially when they're taking on the cream of the crop, the National Hockey League. And uh, for Ryan Graves, uh, got himself a little bit of revenge against his former team. He talked about prior to the game uh, that it hurt for a while, that he wasn't a part of that avalanche team that ultimately won the cup. But uh, he feels just as confident that this Devils team can get themselves to that point. I know that Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr spoke very highly of the Devils, as well as Jared Bednar, the head coach. Uh, One question that was asked was, what do you like about the Devils? And his response was simply, a lot. So again, you can tell that teams around the NHL are starting to take notice as well as how good this Devils team is and and how good this Devils team can be long-term. And that's great coming from the defending Stanley Cup champions. But all in all, fantastic win. Big-time win, big two points. And you're hoping the Devils can continue to, you know, take a win like that and generate into a lot of wins moving forward. So now we go to Sunday afternoon's game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Another big, important game because the Blue Jackets have been struggling since the season started. Um, And again, you want to try to get wins against your division foes as much as possible. But most importantly, 
to a lot of Devils fans, maybe not the players themselves, but the fans certainly, the first time that Johnny Gaudreau comes to New Jersey since the free agent, uh, you know, BS that I call it, where he decided to spur the Devils at the last moment and sign with the Columbus Blue Jackets instead on a long-term deal. So you knew going into this that uh, Johnny Gaudreau was not going to be a fan favorite. And I think the Devils fans did a really good job of making their voice heard. I could hear the booing through my television. And I know several times the Devils did a good job of every time Johnny Gaudreau touched that puck, regardless of the situation, they booed him. And they made their voice heard. And I think that was big time. And I think it was just kind of like a, a good way for the Devils fans to get it out of their system, especially early on this season. Another big thing, Devils looking for their second, already their second three-game winning streak of the year and looking to head to that Western Canada road trip, which is coming up this week, on a major high note. Another major, major thing that happened in this game actually happened prior. Uh, the Devils announced earlier this week that they were going to honor Mr. Devil himself, Ken Danico, for 40 years as a New Jersey Devil, both as a player as well as now a broadcaster for this team. And it was also Ukrainian Heritage uh, Day or night um, at The Rock, which considering what's going on in Ukraine right now and with uh, Ken Danico having Ukrainian heritage and uh, of Ukrainian descent, um, it's a very, very uh, emotional day for him, not just because he was getting honored as, you know, Mr. Devil and everything that he's done for the Devils, but also as somebody who who has Ukrainian um Roots, and there were several awesome things. First and foremost, he got to drop the ceremonial first, you know, puck drop, which was great. Uh, his wife came out with uh, some beautiful flowers to kind of, you know, give it to him. Um, his daughter actually lit up the rock, which now you see the Devils every game. They have somebody or a couple of people get that trident that lights up the rock before the team comes out to start the game. And one of the coolest, if not the coolest, thing that the Devils did is that they had. Ken Denico's son Shane sing the national anthem prior to this one, and he absolutely killed it. And I was saying he needs to be in that rotation of national anthem singers for this team because he was phenomenal. I also heard from what Ken Denico said that uh, his son sang the Ukrainian national anthem earlier in the Devils' main uh, concourse prior to the game, so that was very cool. So all in all, it was a very special. Um, deal for Ken Danico in his family and for Mr. Mr. Devil to be honored the way that he is. And obviously his jersey's already hanging up in the rafters, but this was great that the Devils, with it being the 40th season of New Jersey Devils hockey, to honor the man who truly is the New Jersey Devils, and that is Ken Danico. So great job by, by them, by the Devils organization, and uh, definitely uh, a deserving day for Ken Danico. As far as the game is concerned, I will give you one word, and I've used it numerous times, but this definitely uh, is true. The Devils dominated this game from start to finish. It never got that close. It was never close. The Devils came out like a house on fire, had nearly 20 shots on goal in the first period. They came out with a mission. They wanted to win. They wanted to win for Ken Danico. They wanted to have this one be an absolute perfect day other than you know and the only thing that myth that devils missed out on was shutting out the blue jackets which would have made it better but other than that an absolutely perfect day and fabian zettelin who has gotten into the lineup the last couple of games and has shown some promise and really been effective in the lineup got things going late in the first just a great job where it started with nico 
getting an interception at center ice, bringing it back into the offensive zone, dropped it off. I forgot who took the shot. If I remember correctly, it might've been Dougie Hamilton or Damon Severson, but it was a one-time shot on a nice behind the back pass to him. Um, Merzlikens made the save. Nico was actually able to steal the puck behind the net and then go over to the other side, feed it in front to Zetterlin, who was open. And he went basically both bars left and then right into the net. And Zetterlin gets his first goal of the season with that awesome celebration, who he might have the best goal celebrations on this team by far. But Zetterlin gets his first of the year and the Devils, more importantly, grab the 1-0 lead. And that's where things were after one. And you knew that the Devils deserved more than just the one nothing lead. And you were hoping that they would start to cash in. They would start to actually take advantage of these opportunities and convert on them because I think that would that would be the most important thing when you look when you look at it. Because again, we know the Devils can shoot the puck a lot. It's about cashing in on those opportunities. And the Devils took off in the second period. And not even four minutes into the period, the Devils were able to grab a firm 3-0 lead. And the two goals that happened came 33 seconds apart, actually. It started with Nico Heischer getting rewarded, coming up the left side into the offensive zone, kind of just throwing it on net. And just a bad, bad uh, play there by Merzlikens. He just, he let in a soft one, quite frankly. He should have stopped it, but it went under the glove of Merzlikens and in to get Nico his first of the game, his fourth of the year. And then Ryan Graves with an absolute bomb from the left side coming into the offensive zone, going top shelf over the right shoulder of Merzlikens and in to get his first of the year. And the Devils in a span of 33 seconds went from being up 1-0 to now it's 3-0. The Blue Jackets would actually respond um, with a goal as Yegor uh, um, Shinikov uh, scored his first goal of the year um, as he actually was able to beat uh, Vanacek. That was about, and again, that little bit of Columbus doing well lasted maybe a minute, if that. Um, you know, Chinikov scores, it's three to one. I felt a little bit like a tad bit uneasy because I'm like, well, you don't want to really give them any sort of hope. And the Devils didn't. The Devils just continued to press. And then the real Johnny Hockey, the real Johnny Hockey, John Marino, who continues to get off to a tremendous start in his first year in New Jersey, gets his first goal of the year, first as a devil. He just took a shot from the right side and he deflected. Well, Merzlikens just kind of made the save, but it popped over his shoulder and in. Basically, like it felt like Marino just overpowered Merzlikens and Marino gets his first of the year. The Devils respond very quickly and have a four to one lead. After 20 minutes, after two periods of play. So going into the third, you're just hoping that the Devils don't take their foot off the gas, that they just continue to press, continue to push, and continue to just give the Blue Jackets no life. And that's exactly what they did because the Devils were able to score three more times in this game, all three coming in the third. It started with Siegenthaler scoring on the power play. On a rebound like he said forward, he came all the way up. There was an open net on the right side, and Siegenthaler was able to cash in to get his first of the year and to make it 5-1. to one. And you know things are going right when guys like Siegenthaler are scoring goals um, in this one. It was tremendous. It was great for him. And then Jesper Bratt continuing his unbelievable start to the year, scored his fourth of the year on a great beat from Hughes, and he was able to score on a one-timer that beat Merz Lincolns as he was going down. That made it 6-1, to one. 
And then not too long after that, Miles Wood was able to get a step on a partial breakaway, go top shelf on the backhand over the glove of Merce Lickinson in to make it a touchdown, an official touchdown for the Devils. That made it 7-1, to Miles Wood getting his second of the year. Both McLeod and Bastion were able to get assists as well. More than 10, I think it was like maybe 13 or 14 different Devils in this game, got at least a point in this one. It was also the first time since 2017 that three different Devils defensemen were able to actually get goals in this one. It was just an unbelievable game, an unbelievable dominant, tremendous 110% performance from the New Jersey Devils at home as they come away with the blowout win of the Columbus Blue Jackets by the final score of 7-1. to So, they outdo themselves from a tremendous one nothing shutout of the defending Stanley Cup champions with an offensive showcase of a 7-1 to win over um, Columbus, which is tremendous. So, big win against the Abs, and then an even bigger win, dominant win against Columbus. And with the win, the Devils have now their second, already second, three-game winning streak of the season. And so, you're hoping now that the... Devils going to uh, Western Canada for the next three games that they can uh, take this three-game winning streak and keep it going because this has been so much fun to see this team kind of finally living up to the uh, potential that we've seen for several years now. Um, for Vanacek, that's now three wins. So now both Blackwood and Vanacek have uh, gotten three wins each. So it's good to see that the goaltending is starting to improve, especially from Vanacek's perspective it'll be interesting to see how lindy ruff moves forward with the goaltending you know just the um basically the uh you know how he wants to do it you know how does he you know rotate his goaltender so that was so that's really good i loved hearing nico he kind of fired up while he's talking to erica walker after the game he was like yeah let's go and he kind of like yelled it out to the crowd because everybody could hear it and you know you don't see nico you know, publicly when he's talking to fans, how fired up he is. But you could tell with him being the leader of this team and what he's gone through the last several years with this team, how fired up he is that the that the Devils are playing this type of really good brand of hockey. Um, talking about on the other side from Columbus, uh, it was actually reported that the Blue Jackets had a long players-only meeting after they got their ass kicked uh, by the Devils. So, you know, I, again, I can't speak on anything else other than that. I'm not going to either. Um, but, you know, it's always kind of a sense of, you know, pride when you force another team to have something like that because you were just that much better. And Devil's defense really shut down the top two guys for the Blue Jackets, Patrick Line and Johnny Gaudreau. They were held to two shots on goal combined and a plus minus rating of minus one. So this was a job well done by the Devils to lock down their top two players. It was very important. And the Devils were able to get, you know, a lot of, I don't want to say revenge, but just get some justice from everything that happened during the offseason and things like that. It was just kind of a, it was overall a really, really satisfying uh, win. And hats off to John Marino, who not only scored in this game, but he was on the ice purposely every time Johnny Gaudreau was on, and he really shut him down. It was just a tremendous defensive display by Marino, who continues to be arguably the best acquisition of the entire offseason and maybe one of the more underlying ones as well, because we know about Vanacek, Pilat as well, and guys like that. John Marino, coming in from that trade, you know, for Ty Smith, he's just been tremendous, made our defense that much stronger. And I think that that's what makes it so much better. And just another great job by Tom Fitzgerald to just get the right guys to come in here 
who know what they need to do, understand their assignment, and are able to do it. So that is phenomenal. And when you wake up on Monday morning, Devils fans, you will see that the Devils are currently tied for first place. I'm not making this up. First place in the Metropolitan Division with the Hudson River rival New York Rangers with 12 points. Now, again, we're nine games into the season. So much more hockey. We got 73 more games to go. And I told you guys that I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I believe that this team is this is this is finally the year or this is this team is different until we start seeing these type of results in January and February. And we're still in the hunt. Like, you know, it's great. Look at where we were last November, 7-3-2. and two. And then what happened? You know, shit hit the fan. So, but it's just so important for this team to get these type of wins to really, really get themselves going. And now they're going to face some really, really tough competition coming up on this Western Canada road trip. Devils are also tied for the second most points in the Eastern Conference with the Rangers with 12. Boston is in first place with 16. The Devils are also tied for the third most in the NHL behind Boston and the Vegas Golden Knights. So the Devils right now continuing to have themselves a really good, really, really good start to the year. And it's just crazy where we were a week and change ago, starting 0-2, wanting Lindy Ruff fired. And now we're sitting here at 6-3 and and have won six of our last seven games since going 0-2. I mean, it's been tremendous. And some dominant wins. And yeah, we faced a lot of teams that are not that good, that didn't make the playoffs. But you got to win these games regardless. But now, again, looking at this Western Canada trip, you're taking on the Canucks in Vancouver on Tuesday at 10 p.m. Uh, Canucks have got off to a horrific start this year, but have definitely found their way back a little bit, which is good. Um, but hopefully the Devils can continue their misery. Then they take on Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and the Edmonton Oilers in Edmonton on Thursday, uh, Thursday night, 9 p.m. And then on Saturday night, it'll be the first of a really strange home and home against the Calgary Flames. First one in Calgary um, on Saturday, 10 p.m. And then on Tuesday of next week, Tuesday or Monday, um, I think it is Tuesday, that the Devils are at home against said Calgary Flames. So very strange, but nonetheless, two of those three teams, at least teams that made the playoffs and made long runs. I mean, Calgary got to the second round, Edmonton got to the Western conference finals. You know, the flames are just as good, if not in some degrees better than they were last year. And Edmonton has two of the best players in the NHL. And so the devils are going to have their work cut out for them, but these are great opportunities for this team to continue to see where they measure up and try to be competitive. And ultimately best case scenario Get some wins, get some points, and keep this baby rolling, man. I mean, this has been a really good start to the year, and let's just keep it going. And lastly here, just want to once again talk about Jesper Brack because the man, you know, he took a gamble on himself for this one-year deal, and it is paying off a lot right now. Through just nine games, four goals, 11 assists. He now has a nine-game point streak, which is obviously a career high for him and is the second longest point streak in Devils history behind Tim Higgins, who had a 10-game run back in 1984-85. So obviously Jesper Bratt looking to try to break some records and continue his dominance, not just with the Devils, but in dominance throughout the league. Cause right now he's tied for the, well, he's currently sole possession of the fifth most points in the NHL. And he's tied with Artemi Panarin, the bread man for the second most assist in the national hockey league with Leon Dreisaitl, who the Devils will see in a couple of days uh, in first place 
by just by just really one because Jesper Bratt and Panarin have 11. Drysdale has 12. So we'll see if thing how things change once we get to that point. But overall, guys, a fantastic weekend of Devils hockey. And now you go into this Western Canada trip coming up for these three games. Would like to see them get at least two out of three. Three out of three would be best case scenario. But let's just keep this rolling, man, because this is fun. And it's just great to see the Devils starting to really showcase just how good they can be. And they still have many more levels to get to. I also want to do say really quickly here about Jesper Bratt. He also was named the NHL's second star of the week by the NHL for his nine-game point streak. So the Devils have already had two different players on the NHL's three stars of the week. You had, obviously, Mackenzie Blackwood last week, who's the third star of the week, and now you got Jesper Bratt. So the Devils are starting to get more and more national recognition, and that's really important for this team to showcase they are ready to explode. Now, again, we, we would be reminisced if we did not um, – you know, obviously talk about Andre Pilat because uh, Devils did make some announcements uh, over the weekend. Uh, they placed Andre Pilat on Saturday on injured reserve IR, uh, retroactive to his injury back on October 24th, which was last week. Um, after meeting with the doctors, a final determination will be made on Monday as to the next course of action. So, you know, you're you're hoping against hope that it's not that's serious, but considering the fact that he went from being basically day-to-day -day, um, to then now he's being put on IR, you kind of have the feeling that this is an injury that is much worse than we're led on to believe. Who knows if the Devils will continue to do what they do, which is not really tell us a whole lot, um, or if they will just be out, out front and honest about it. I think if it's something that becomes a very big problem and it's gonna he's going to be out for a very long time, I do believe that the Devils will probably come out and say it. But knowing the Devils and knowing how hockey in general does these things when it comes to injuries, we may not really know what's going to happen. So the next 24 to 48 hours, it's going to be interesting to see what the Devils and everything, what the next course of action is. It's it's going to be nerve-wracking, and it sucks because Pilat, you know, three goals already. You know, it's his first year of that big five-year deal he signed with us. And while we've been able to still have success without him, you know, obviously getting him back in the lineup is sooner rather than later is very, very important because he's a very vital part of this team, particularly on the top six. So, you know, we'll see. We will see what happens. Um, Lindy Ruff said he will not join the Devils on the road trip, so you know he's going to be out for a handful of games moving forward. Uh, the Devils did call up Andreas Janssen uh, from Utica. He's actually been doing pretty well uh, through the just couple of games Utica's already played. This year, he has a goal and five assists for six points. So he's actually done pretty well. Um, he did not play against Columbus. Uh, we'll see if he gets into the lineup at some point. Andreas Johnson, you know, he didn't make the Devils team out of camp. Um, well, technically, he did, but not really. He was put on waivers. Nobody picked him up. And then he got sent down and has played in Utica since the start of the season. But now he gets his chance back in New Jersey. And we'll see, you know, if he comes into the lineup, what he can do to try to help this team you know, win moving forward. So that's about as much as we know about Andre Pilat. And again, we'll, you know, fingers crossed and hopefully it's uh, not too bad, but definitely a big blow still relatively early on this season for the Devils. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. 
New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. And there's so many different opportunities out there because hockey is, as I always say, a magical, unpredictable sport. You never know what type of game you're going to get. You might get a couple of opportunities here and there, but with matchups like even the big events, like the Winter Classic that's coming up, or any of these outdoor games, all-star games, big matchups against the defending cup champion Colorado Avalanche, and so much more, DraftKings, as always, is giving you huge opportunities to get major cash prizes. And that wasn't enough. Excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Here's what you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use our promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN, TBPN, or TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Hockey League. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So now we'll shift things over to talking about the Devils minor league teams. We'll start with the Utica Comets. Again, guys, I'm going to be covering as best as I can both the Utica Comets and the Adirondack Thunder as well. So you guys really get to know how the Devils' entire organization has been doing. So the Comets ended up splitting their uh, two weekend games this past weekend. A 5-1 win against the Cleveland Monsters on Friday with the big one being Simone Nemetz getting his first career professional hockey goal. That made it 3-0 at the time. It was a great shot from the point that he was able to score. So congratulations to, to Simone Nemetz on getting his first pro hockey goal. And that is the first of many from him. And obviously, we are excited to see him get to New Jersey in the very near future. Uh, then the Comets dropped a tough 2-1 to game at home against the Toronto Marlies um, on Saturday with Tice Thompson scoring the only goal for Utica, getting, getting his second of the year. And through five games so far, Utica not up to the best start. Two and three, you know, obviously not the greatness that they had last year. Um, but again, not, not terrible either. Uh, the Utica Comets have three games this upcoming week. Uh, first one is a home game um, against the Providence Bruins on Wednesday. Then they go to Rochester to take on their big rivals in the Rochester Americans on Friday. And then they do the second of the home and home against the Americans with their home game on Saturday again against Rochester. So, you know, for all we know, the Comets could win these next three games and go from being two and three to five and three and get themselves really rolling. And uh, knowing how Kevin Deneen coaches and the players that are down there, I definitely expect them to get some wins and uh, get some more goals, get themselves rolling. So a little bit of a slow start uh, through the first five games so far for Utica, and we'll see how they do you know, later on this upcoming week. Now shifting over to the Adirondack Thunder, who the, uh, the Devils, again, that is their ECHL affiliate. Um it is safe to say that they are off to a very bad start this season. Again, remember, they finished dead last um, in the entire league last year, and uh, they're looking like they're trying to make a run at doing that again this year through four games. Uh, they dropped both of their games at home this weekend to Worcester. They started the year with two games in Worcester, 
and now have lost both games at home. They lost uh, four to two on Saturday, and they got blown out on Sunday, six to one. So being outscored ten to three through those two games is not ideal. Um, they are 0-4 and 0 to start the year. So again, not what you want to see from this team. So it is very, very unfortunate. Um, they have two games this upcoming weekend, both on the road against Trois Riviere Lions. Those games will be on Friday and Saturday. So the Thunder will look to try to see if they can get uh, a couple of their first, try to get their first two wins of the year and uh, really just try to get themselves going. Because ideally, regardless of what league you're in and what team you're on, you don't want to be starting the year off losing several in a row. So hopefully the Adirondack Thunder can score some more goals and ultimately get themselves some wins here in the early goings of the ECHL season. And finally here, ladies and gentlemen, on this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast, we have a Metropolitan Riveters update. Again, the professional women's hockey league team that is here in New Jersey. Again, they play up in the Meadowlands right across right across from MetLife Stadium where the Giants and Jets play. They play at the American Dream Mall. So they play basically in a mall, which is kind of cool. Um, and they are beginning their first season at this uh at, at the mall, basically. A um, couple of things the uh, Riveters have uh, done this past week. They first named their captains for the 2022-23 season. Uh, Adam Pelkey, Madison Packer, Casey Anderson, and Mintu Twomanen are the four captains for your Riveters this upcoming season. Um, the Riveters also announced the signing, the free agent signing of Ford Fanny Garadges Barracks from Budapest, Hungary. And let me tell you something. This is a big signing. This is a big signing because last season she played in the EWHL and played for MAC Budapest, her hometown team, and scored 24 goals and got 25 assists for 49 points in just 18 games played. So this, this player definitely is not afraid to put the puck on the net and obviously dish it out and get a lot of points. So she is a scorer. So it's big for the Riveters to add some more scoring to an already potent offense. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if she got the chance to play in the last preseason game. I imagine she did. Um, but she will definitely be ready to get things going later on this week to kick off the 2022-2023 season. And speaking of preseason, the Riveters had their final preseason game of this year on Saturday. It was a 4-1 to loss on the road against the Connecticut Whale, with Emily Harley scoring the only goal for the Riveters. So now, with that game out of the way, preseason and training camp are officially over, and we are into the first game week of the season as their season opener again. I've mentioned it before, but it'll be this upcoming Saturday afternoon in Boston against the defending Isabel Cup champion Boston Pride. So I'm sure the Pride will have their ceremony lifting up the banner and all that, but it'll be the Riveters' first chance to get themselves going and get themselves a win to kick off the season. Uh, most of the games, if not all of them, will be exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. I think they'll also be shown on Twitch as well. So if you want to watch these games, ESPN+, Plus, Plus and Twitch, uh, this game will be on ESPN+, Plus at 2 p.m. Eastern. So it'll be exciting to see the Riveters for their first action. And then the Riveters are actually off for quite some time. They're off for almost two weeks uh, because the home opener and literally just second game of the season is not until Sunday, November 19th 
at home against the Toronto Six. 1 p.m. Eastern start time. First official game at the American Dream Mall in the Meadowlands. So the Riveter season is about ready to kick underway. And make sure you are listening and subscribing to the Devil State of Mind podcast for all of your Metropolitan Riveters coverage. And don't forget as well to follow us on Twitter at Devil State, as well as Instagram at Devil State of Mind to check out Riveters coverage on there as well. So obviously a lot going on with the Devils, a lot of excitement, a little bit of up and down for both the Comets and the uh, Thunder. And obviously the Riveters are getting themselves ready for an exciting year as well. So a lot of hockey and a lot of good hockey going on right now. And let's, as I said before, let's just keep things rolling.